2023 is officially upon us. 2022 is in the rearview mirror, and now we're heading into Q1 of 2023. And the question is, how can you thrive, succeed, continue to grow, and serve your customers with all the craziness that's going on in the economy? So in this episode, we're going to be digging into three strategies, three things that you can do to recession-proof your business in the coming year. Welcome back to the Honest Marketing Podcast, where you learn proven strategies to grow your business without selling your soul. I'm your host, Travis Albritton, and the economy has been pretty funky for the last couple of years. Going back to 2020, where we had this huge e-commerce boom, everyone stuck at home with refund checks in their pocket, just burning holes, and they're spending money on Amazon, info products, courses, memberships. You could sell anything online in 2020, and then. A lot of crazy stuff happened. A lot of shifts happened. That industry has started slowing down. Things like the real estate market were taking off like a rocket ship, and then they just fell right off a cliff in 2022. And so a lot has changed and a lot will continue to change. And the frequency of those changes is constantly increasing. So it's not that you can discover a strategy and then ride it out for five to seven years. Now it's really trying to identify what are the tactics and strategies that are working this week and how can we leverage those. So with all that kind of uncertainty and shifting dynamics and buying behavior and things like that, it's important to kind of solidify and and make your business more resilient, resilient to change, resilient to the whims of, of buyers and their priorities and what they're thinking about, and also reduce the amount of stress that you have working on your business. That if you're running a business that has people, has employees, has certain financial metrics and goals you have to hit, it can be stressful when there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And so in this episode, I'm gonna dig into three different strategies that you can implement to recession-proof your business so that way you can ride the wave of craziness and come out stronger on the other side of this. Whether we're going into a recession, already in a recession, that's for other people to debate. But the general consensus is that the economy, the global economy, the local economy in the United States is not doing great, it's not doing hot, which can give you the tendency to wanna shrink back a little bit and to stop spending money, to cut costs where you need to. Uh, And there's certainly a a time and a place for that. You know, if you're overextended, if you have a lot of overhead that you can't justify, then that's why you're seeing a lot of these tech companies, which have been growth oriented in the past, starting to lay off a lot of workers because they had more people than they needed. And so you certainly want to, you know, look at your own business and the efficiencies and systems you can build into it to make it more efficient. But beyond that, beyond the cost cutting maneuvers, what can you do to actually position your business for growth during this time? So the first thing you can do, the first strategy that you can implement to recession proof your business is to become irreplaceable, become irreplaceable. Do not be a luxury that someone can easily cut back from. Okay. If your business is not necessary in the life of your prospects, your customers, your buyers, your members, however you label the people that do business with you, then that means as soon as things get tight, purse strings get tight, and they're looking at housing, food, medical expenses, clothing, the things that are necessary for life, if you are not in that group of necessities for your customers, then you are at risk of being cut, not because you're not doing a good job, not because your business isn't great and doing great things, but simply because you are replaceable. You can't. You are a luxury that can be cut back. 
So how do you do that? How do you become irreplaceable if you're not, you know, a, a landlord or a supermarket, you know, and providing life and sustenance to people? If you're in a B2B space and you do business with other businesses and they rely on you for contract work or whatever it is, how do you become irreplaceable? The number one thing you can do is solve real problems, solve real problems in the lives of your customers. And so if you do this, if you know that you solve real problems, real point pain points, real hurts in the lives of the people that interact with you in your business, double down on that. Continue to focus on that in your marketing, in your messaging, when you're interacting with clients and customers, continue to revisit and clarify the problems that you solve. Because as long as people have problems and have the means to address those problems and to fix them, they're going to be looking for those solutions. And so you want your business to be the one that solves those real problems that are not just luxuries that can be replaced but truly are irreplaceable cogs in the machine of your clients' lives and their you know, businesses, however you do business, whoever you do business for. So make sure that you're not solving surface level problems, that you're not uh, you know, just saying, hey, well, you have it in blue, why don't you get it in green as well? That's not a real problem. But a real problem could be you need someone to do X and you don't have that person, but that's something we do exceptionally well and we'll do do it for you for cheaper than you can hire for. That's a real problem you have solved. And then once you get integrated into that business in whatever way that you normally do as the expert in what you do, then you become irreplaceable. You become essential. They can't do business. They can't live life without you in the same way. And so as much as possible, make sure you're positioning your company and your business to solve real problems in the lives of your customers, your clients, and your prospects. Because if you do that, then you'll be less likely to hit the chopping block when things get tight. And then the other thing you can do to really become irreplaceable is focus on customer support and connection. So this goes beyond simply having a chat on your website. It goes beyond having you know someone who monitors your support inbox. This means going above and beyond to actually have a human connection with people when you interact with them in person or online. Because if someone is kind of sorting through what expenses to cut, how to trim down, how to make their life a little bit easier by cutting out some expenses and they're considering your company. It's a lot easier to cut you out of their life if they feel like you don't care about them. If they feel like you're they're just another number to you. They're just uh, you know, the last four digits on a credit card and that's all that they are to you. But if you can go out of your way to display and show that you actually genuinely care about the people that you're serving with your business, that you care about their lives, you care about what's going on in their life, you care if their life is going well or not. And you want to be in a position to help them with the problem that they have that your company is positioned to solve. And you do that in a human way, in a human connectivity way, then that is really going to go a long way in building that trust and that connection and that loyalty. Because ultimately, when someone becomes loyal to you and they see you as solving real problems in their life, then you're less likely to be replaced or cut back as things get tight. Okay, so the number one way that you can recession proof your business is to become irreplaceable. Make it so they can't live without you, not in a codependent way, but in a real sense. Number two is swim for blue ocean, swim for blue ocean. Now, what does this come, this idea of blue ocean come from? Well, it's, it's a concept. It's a book, blue ocean, uh, where it is referencing sharks and where there's chum in the water, where there's blood in the water, all the sharks congregate, but that means there's lots of blue ocean out there 
where those sharks are not. And so if you're looking to hunt, if you're looking to find uh, your next meal, then you want to go to the blue ocean where the sharks are not rather than the red ocean where you're having to compete with all the other sharks. That's the analogy. How does it relate to business? When everyone starts doing one thing, you want to do something different. When everyone starts zigging, you want to zag. Okay. And so you want to look for those opportunities that other businesses in your space are overlooking and double down on them, right? So ask yourself, what are other companies in my industry, in my niche, cutting back on and how can I invest there? So a recent example is Facebook ads. So Apple uh, put out this big update where they weren't going to allow Facebook to track their users across the internet, only within the app. And that really hurts for a very short period of time, Facebook's advertising model. And businesses jumped ship to Google and other places where they could track attribution a little bit more clearly. But the people that stuck around and made up for those, you know, businesses that were fleeing started to see better performance from their ads because there was less people doing it. There was less competition for those eyeballs. And so they were getting cheaper impressions, cheaper click-through rates. And so they saw an opportunity to double down on Facebook ads as other businesses were running away from it and saw the benefits of doing that. And so look at your industry, look at what other businesses are doing and ask yourself, what are people running away from? What are people cutting back from? What are businesses stopping? And then how can I double down in those areas to make up for that? Because if it's a strategy that has worked in the past, there's a reason for it. And it's a strategy that will continue to work in the future. The number one reason why businesses cut back on certain kinds of marketing is because they can't track attribution to sales, which is a very short time window, time frame way of tracking your marketing. Until we had direct advertising, direct response advertising, none of it was attributable. You buy a billboard and then you say, okay, people came in to buy stuff at my store. Was it because of the billboard? Was it because I sponsored the bus stop? Was it something else? Who knows, right? But that is what people did. And that's how you would attribute stuff. So as the other businesses in your space start to cut back, stop experimenting, just focus on a couple of marketing strategies that are moving the needle for them right now, that's the opportunity for you to double down and to start experimenting because it opens up those valuable opportunities to launch new initiatives, right? To try different things, to, to dive more into brand lift, to social media, to content marketing, writing blogs, launching a podcast. The things that other businesses see as luxury expenses, as experiments that aren't proven, those strategies become more valuable the fewer businesses that are doing it. And so if in a great economy where everything's going and it's flowing milk and honey and every business in your niche has a podcast, but now things are starting to get a little bit tighter and 80% of them stop publishing, well, guess what? All those listeners have to go somewhere. All those listeners are still looking for that information. And so if you can be in a position to invest in that kind of an initiative while others have stopped, that can help you leapfrog the competition. And it's with what Warren Buffett says, regarding investing, right? You want to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greeting. You want to zig when they zag, swim for blue ocean, new opportunities where there isn't as much competition because you'll get more bang for your buck and you'll be able to, to really launch forward and get more traction in those opportunities than you would have otherwise. Just make sure you don't bet the farm as you do it, all right? If it's a new initiative, if it's an experimental kind of marketing, just make sure you hedge your bet, diversify your traffic, all the best practices, but you definitely want to look for those kind of opportunities. And then the number three way that you can recession-proof your business going into this year is to focus on reducing churn over growing your customer base. 
And I'll say that again for all the people in the back. Focus on churn, not growth. It's so easy to focus on getting new customers, getting new clients, and making that the main focus of your marketing and your sales, right? Because you figure, okay, if we grow by X amounts, then our sales will increase, our revenue will increase, our profit will increase. This is great. Growth is always great. But if you have customers walking out the back door as you're growing, then that's really going to hurt your ability to scale your business. And not only that, it is always, always more expensive to gain a new customer than to keep the one that you have 10 times out of 10. Because if you can just focus on keeping the customers you have really happy, see point number one about becoming irreplaceable, then that is going to, in the long run, be better for the financial viability of your business. It just is. Marketing to gain new customers is expensive, relatively speaking. And so if instead you can develop deeper connections, deeper trust, deeper relationships with the people already doing business with you, that is going to help you push through whatever kind of recession or shaky economy we have coming up. And there's a couple of ways you can do this where you can reduce churn. Number one is if you're getting uh, frequent emails, support requests, tickets, all asking for the same thing, then that should be a red flag that there's an opportunity here to make a shift, to make an adjustment, to add something, take something away that's going to make the lives of your customers and your clients easier. Do that thing. Adding an extra feature internally with your team that's already on salary is a little bit more cost-effective than spinning up a new paid marketing initiative, okay? Uh, Surprise and delight your customers. Do things that are unexpected. One of the reasons that gambling and social media is so addictive is because of something called intermittent rewards. So when you open up Facebook or Instagram, you don't know what you're gonna see, but every once in a while, you see something really interesting or really eye-catching or just super pertinent to you. And you don't know when that extra reward is going to come. And so it actually makes you want to open the app more or go back and pull the slot machine again because you don't know if the next one's going to be a jackpot. You don't know if the next thing you see is going to be, you know, amazing. And so by surprising and delighting your customers, going out of your way to just do things that are random, you can tap into that same kind of euphoric experience, right? That if you, in your marketing, say after three months of doing business with us, we're going to send you a $10 Starbucks gift card to show our appreciation. And then you do that thing that they were expecting you to do. It's like, okay, that's fine. But it's like, it's a $10 Starbucks gift card. Like it's not, like that doesn't mean anything to me. But if completely out of the blue, you just say, hey, we just wanted to thank you for being such a awesome, loyal customer, client of ours. Here's a $10 Starbucks gift card. Go treat yourself to breakfast on us. Thanks for being a customer. That has a much different impact on your customers and your clients when it's unexpected, when it's a surprise, and when it's something just totally out of the blue, done as a thank you. Do those kind of things to reduce churn because what that signals to your clients and your customers is that this is a company that is actually thinking about me. It isn't just doing things because it makes the money. They're doing things and gifting me as a human from human to human uh, and, and really making my life better even if it's something as small as a $10 gift card. And then do the unscalable, do the things that don't scale. I think as marketers, as business owners, we're constantly thinking about systems. How do we build systems? How do we build processes? How do we make things more efficient so that we can not be a slave to our business? And that's a good thing. But if you can build in a system of doing unscalable things like one-on-one Zoom calls, or personal emails that aren't templated, that aren't newsletters, then that makes a big impression 
on your clients. That makes a big impression on them because now they know you're doing something that you can't do with anybody else, that you can't do with somebody else. And so that personal connection feels like you're getting a letter in the mail from a pen pal. Like it's real, especially in today's world of automated marketing where everything is automated, everything's a chat bot, having an actual human being from a company reach out to you directly and offer their time, that's huge. That's really valuable in the eyes of your clients and your customers. So there's a couple different ways you can focus on reducing churn. One of them, again, is just if there's a common... Uh, gripe or complaint or opportunity for improvement within your product and service that you're hearing over and over and over again, do that thing and then tell the customers that complained about it that you fixed it for them. That's going to go a long way in reducing churn and they're not going to be looking over your shoulder uh, looking for competitors that may have the feature that they're complaining about. Always do that though with the the mindset of a long-term strategy. Don't just like respond to every customer support request in that fashion. Uh, But The other two, you can absolutely do all the time, which is surprise and delight. Do things that are unexpected, that aren't even related to your product, and just tell your customers that you love and appreciate them. Hopefully you do (laughs) in the real world as well. And then do the unscalable. Do the things that don't scale because that is really going to develop a strong personal connection with your clients. And you can even double dip, call it market research, call it, you know, getting to know your customer avatar, whatever you want to call it, but do the things that won't scale beyond you but make those times special and be really strategic with how you do it. Pick a handful of clients, customers that you want to reach out to and just say, hey, and just connect with and hear how they're doing and what you can do to serve them better. You might get some good ideas about things you can do and products and services you can develop in the future to continue to serve them. All right. So to recap, three things that you can do to help prepare your business for a rocky economy. Number one, become irreplaceable in the eyes of your customers. Number two, swim for blue ocean. Look for those untapped or underutilized marketing opportunities that you can double down on as your customers run away from them. And then number three, focus on churn rather than growth. Because if you can keep the customers you already have really happy and keep them from leaving you, then that is a great foundation to build a business on. All right, so hopefully... One of those three things really resonate with you is something you can implement right away to help uh, make your business more resilient moving into the new year. And we got a lot of great content coming up in 2023. So thank you so much for listening to the Honest Marketing Podcast. If you have any ideas or thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out. It's just podcast at christcenter.marketing. There's a link in the description below, and I'd be happy to address it, answer it here on the show and interact with you via email. Thanks for watching and or listening. And as always, be honest.